0: Bye.
1: Welcome to the second half of the Naito Double Bill of the Meltzer Five Star Projects, The ongoing series in which myself, you Let Me Tell You Something co-host Lorcan Mullen, and your other Let Me Tell You Something co-host
2: Simon Cross,
1: discuss every match that Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer has rated five stars or higher. We're still in the higher category this time, although we've dropped down three quarters of a star. We've watched the six-star Osprey Naito semi-final.
2: Oh, then why the fuck are we bothering? <laughs>
1: And now we're on to the five and a quarter star Okada-Naito match that we might as well have gouged our eyes out before watching. (laughs) I've kind of given it away, Simon. I've done your job by saying what the match is, but let's just go into it. You weren't as sold by the Naito-Osprey match as I was. No, And I would say that to me, this match was a bit of a step down, but not like a drastic step down. So for you, was this like barely skirting the two-and-a-half-star region or something? (laughs) Uh, No, no, I I quite like this match. I like the way Okada tells a story
2: in the ring. And I think Naito's of a similar mould, obviously. I think the way he conveys through selling, his facial expressions, they're not far apart in terms of ability. And you tell a story in the way that they told this story... I quite enjoyed this match.
1: Well, Okada and Naito is obviously one of the more era-defining rivalries. But what's funny about it is that there's been an increasing warmth and affection between the two as it's gone on. Mm. It's a surreal way to go with a rivalry. That it's not that they hate each other more, it's they hate each other less.
2: Respect is a powerful thing, isn't it?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess maybe it's because Naito is the closest thing Okada has to appear even though Naito is significantly older than him like his last match as a young lion was Okada's first match as a young lion Mm. so they're barely in the same class of young lion Naito was the one that kind of got to him and the whole thing with Okada he's always understood his position within the company he's wore it with a swagger in the past and now it's with As we've said, as he's being faced with younger wrestlers, he's now facing it with an insolence.
2: He's gone from Clint Eastwood in Good, the Bad and the Ugly to Clint Eastwood in Gran Torino. Angry old man won't take bullshit.
1: (laughs) Someone was saying that during the six-man tags that he has with Tanahashi and Ishii, does he turn to Tanahashi when they're both outside the ring, going, was I this annoying when I was their age? And
2: Tanahashi goes, (laughs)
1: yes. (laughs) More. (laughs) There was only one of you. You were as annoying as them collectively. <laughs> They're diluted.
2: You were like double strength squash.
1: <laughs> but if we have the notion that Okada is now the grand... Not the grand master. But the, the, the not just the unquestioned ace of the company. Even whilst Sonata is technically the IWGP champion. All the young lions know that it's Okada you topple. Not Sonada that gets you to the top. Yeah. With that being the case, then the fact that Naito is significantly older than him and never maintained that level, although he was the one to defeat Okada at Wrestle Kingdom in the big main event, which is something that Omega never did, which is something Osprey hasn't done, which is something Jay White never did. So he's probably the closest thing to a person that not only does Okada think is a contemporary, but think is an equal in ability, maybe. Mm. But just with a different ideology. Like, he kind of understood why Naito was rebelling... When Naito was rebelling against everything, Okada was what he was rebelling against, in a way. Yeah. But the funny thing with it is, though, is that, like we were saying going in, we were both surprised that it was the Naito show, this G1. And it did not seem like that was the story going in at all. No. He'd essentially been brushed aside by Sanada on his build-up to winning the title from Okada. None of the Young Lions were particularly interested in toppling him. Umino had had a match against him that a lot of people thought was another sign that either Umino's not ready or Naito's not the wrestler he was anymore, or both. Mm. And this final run of G1, this one-two punch from Naito, is proof that it's still there mentally, almost losing it physically. Maybe he is or isn't. Whether this is, like we say, the nostalgic last hurrah, like how Tanahashi had his big run winning the G1 Climax in 2017 or 2018, Mm. and then beating Omega at Wrestle Kingdom, and then soon after that he dropped the title back to Jay White, and essentially went into his legend-who-can't-quite-reach-that-top-level-anymore position, and is this where Naito will go after this Wrestle Kingdom main event if he falls to Sonata, or wins, and then drops the belt. Like, is this his last hurrah, essentially?
2: I, I see it as as the physical gifts go. Naito, he's tranquilo, but in a different way. Before, he was tranquilo, because it's like, yeah, I've got all these athletic, amazing athletic abilities, so I'll figure it out. Now, it's like, okay, I don't have these things. So now he's actually applying his brain more, and this is what we're seeing. We're seeing shift from physical Naito to tactical Naito. And... It's going to be a uh, case of he gets ahead now temporarily because he's like engaging his tactical brain more, and it's how the, world, the New Japan wrestling world responds to him, and that's where we'll see him hit that Tanahashi tier that you're on about, I think. It's when people go, okay, he's a thinker now, so we now just hurt him more rather than try and outthink him.
1: Well, he always was a thinker, but it just maybe feels more explicit now because we know that he physically can't go. So it's not just that he's a thinker, in-ring for what he's doing with his opponent, but he's having to wrestle in a different style to compel the audience still. Yes. Same to how Kijimuto transformed himself in 2001 with his new look and everything. Like you say, he's not rebelling against anything particularly anymore because everything that he set out to do with Los Ingo he did. He won the G1. He won the IWGP title. He unified it with the Intercontinental title, although it didn't dissolve under his championship run yeah he vanquished tanahashi he beat okada at the highest place possible and maybe most importantly of all even though he would never admit it the fans loved him which they never had before and he has all of those things now so there's that was one of the reasons why it was that sense of would he even care if he didn't win another g1 would he even care if he didn't win another iwgb title that much and maybe again it's like those things of how that run of Naito originally as the inga banana play that we loved so much and as i've said in the past is arguably the greatest story ever told in wrestling mm-hmm. whenever he was smiling even in defeat it was that idea of i got to you i don't really care and that was what i said why i loved him so much how you can imply that you don't care and still make everything so compelling and yeah. still be doing everything within you to win the match but not making out as if it you know like you too much of a try hard yeah it wasn't outright
2: petulance. There's a petulance to it because it's like, yeah, well, you know, I- I'm in your head. I don't care. But it's not like toxic petulance. It's petulance in the way of, well, this is who I am. This is this is what I am. I'm not adding it on in a last ditch attempt to like save face. This is what I genuinely believe to my core.
1: Yeah, maybe it's not that he's fighting against the powers that be of New Japan anymore. He's fighting against time mm. and his own physical limitations. You can't really get bitter at a promotion for the fact that time exists. Yeah. Except maybe Rolex for their extortionate prices.
2: <laughs> wow. Amongst others. But yeah.
1: G1 Climax Final yet again goes over, over half an hour, which you didn't necessarily have to. Yeah. this And we,
2: and we touched on the 20-minute thing. It, it sort of has it led to like a uh, reduction in, in matches being marked. Again, we've, we've touched on that. But conversely, you could flip it around and say like now... You don't have to go as long in a G1. It, it, it protects yourself from being burnt out in the pursuit of, like, epic epicness, w- which has been the New Japan way. So now they can maybe take it in a different direction.
1: Mark epic epicness off your, let me tell you something, bingo cards there. Hey. What I love about this match and what I love about Naito and what I love about wrestlers that you see the, the brains were is that not only what, is he trying to... The key is to hit the reversals, to know your opponents, and obviously these guys know each other so well. mm ...you see at one ...and then the opponent having to come up with a creative way... ...to hit that move then afterwards... ...so when Okada sets up Naito... ...for his classic corner drop kick... ...to the outside... ...Naito sees it coming and hits him with a kick... ...and that sends... ...and he sends Okada to the outside... ...where he beats the shit out of Okada on the outside... ...which is what Okada usually does... ...and then when Okada tries to do... ...the shit kicking on the outside later on... ...with the Irish whip into the barricade... Naito reverses it. But also, similarly, later on in the match, when they're at a double down, or when they're in a situation, that N- Okada suddenly sees he has his chance to hit that drop kick that sends Naito to the outside, he does hit it. And I always love that, because there is that sense of the understanding of where we are. But it's also like a preemptive count or a preemptive surprise that not only is obviously surprising the wrestler in the ring, but surprise of the crowd. Oh. Cause obviously in the previous match with Ospreay, we saw him reverse one move into a tornado DDT off the ropes. Yes and naito goes to do that again but instead of making it a ddt he turns it into an inside cradle small package instead that was a
2: beautiful sequence i it's how seamlessly he like wraps it in and like incredibly tight as well i loved it
1: and also when he has that moment of control on the outside like, subverting Okada's traditional way, the way Okada's finally able to take control is by hitting him with a surprise tombstone pile Driver on the outside. Yeah. Which is another famous move of, of Okada's.
2: Great crowd reaction as well to that. It's like, oh, he has got him! He has got him on the outside! Naito's in trouble here!
1: But yeah, as we say before, the, the story is that Okada, like Osprey, is physically stronger than Naito. And again, that is shown in the opening sequences. Okada controls even more than he usually does in those situations. And, like, genuinely gets angry at Naito at one point. Like, screaming at him to give him something. (laughs) It's not in a way of, like, get off my yard like he is with the youngsters. It's like, come on, you're Naito, for fuck's sake.
2: (laughs) Where is it? I need it! I need it! I can't like deal with all these, like, youngsters on my... I mean, I can, but I don't want to.
1: (laughs) Okada's ready to just wipe him out. And I love also... Because one of the key things as well with these matches is who's dictating the pace, and when it's going fast, it suits Osprey or Okada. When it's slowed down, it suits Unito's. But what I love is that Naito is able to get the control when he's in that super fast pace because Okada just start. This is after he's done that whole screaming at him. He goes after the neck with a drop kick after this super fast exchange where they're running the ropes, and Okada just going at this crazy pace of running the ropes that even. Kevin Kelly in commentary is kind of like, oh man, he's coming fast. And so like yesterday, he does the hip toss onto the knee and he does the drop kick to the knee. And as I've said, now it seems like Naito will just immediately go for the neck in the way that Tanahashi will immediately go for the knee when he's like nothing else is working for him. Mm. I'm sure Naito was always doing targeted knee attacks, uh, neck attacks before, but it just seems more explicit and more clearly like his immediate plan b when things haven't gone his way at the start
2: he's thinking more about how to get there it's not he's not relying again he's not relying on his natural abilities to get him there he's thinking about how to get it in place
1: like the heel but as we say the sentimentality and just the fact of that the heel work always was like a statement against like doing it the right way never worked for me Mm. so again he's like even though he does something as brutal as the neck neckbreaker over the guardrail onto Okada, he's still the sympathetic figure from the start to the finish of the match. He even spits at Okada at various points as well when they're doing the forearm exchanges. Like I said, it's so fascinating with Naito, the fact that the man who cheats and spits and never plays to the crowd and will throw away a championship belt that he's just won is the almighty babyface of the promotion.
2: <laughs> it's a testament to how he's played the character. They love him, and I love him, <laughs> to be honest.
1: Also, when Okada's been hurt, because he does hurt Okada over time, when he's down to his knees after um, elbows to the neck again, which is like his low drop kick now, I guess. Well, no, actually, because he has a drop kick to the mm. knee. I don't know. That's his dragon screw or something, just those elbows to the neck. Yeah. And Okada puts an LIJ fist up in the air, asking for more, but also saying, like, this is basically what I'd asked for earlier on in the match. Yeah. But that's also, like, he did that fist salute to Naito after Naito had beaten him at Wrestle Kingdom. Like, his acknowledgement of, you finally done it against me, and I've got no complaints.
2: And I do respect you. I don't I don't really want to show it, but I do. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then it's just going into your classic New Japan finishing sequences. But there's just a, an added level of stank on each move, it feels like, when Okada does hit the... Michinoku driver or the tombstone or the short rainmakers like he's Mm -hmm. you're feeling the pain and I suppose that's always meant to be the sense of the G1 is that it's this long long endurance test and that Osprey obviously wore that endurance a lot more last year and wasn't able to reach it but Naito was able to get through it but there's that sense of you had to take everything out of Okada as well yeah and Okada's like laying prone after he's pinned at the end with Naito posing over him.
2: Which is a great sort of call back to an earlier moment in the match where okada's going for the cocky pin and red shoes yeah. is like, nope red shoes channels jim ross <laughs> it's not a proper pin you're not covering both shoulders i'm not counting
1: it so yeah i mean this is a quick one as far as lmtys's go but you know i'm the one that has to edit them so screw you i wanted to shorter and again there's like it doesn't feel as pivotal anymore, the G1? No. As much as I enjoyed this match, it doesn't feel like the... You know, it's was happening. it been happening around all these sort of big AEW shows, WWE shows, huge backstage news, obviously showing you the relative insignificance of wrestling, huge legends and, and other figures dying either after a long career or far too early, and we will be covering both of those recent deaths. At the time of recording, for all we know, after this one's between recording and putting one out, one or more might have happened, but uh, it just doesn't feel like the cultural epicenter. As I said, the G1 doesn't feel as special when you got your Shane Haste, Senior. And one of those TMDK guys were one of the two two two-pin Naito in the group stages. If that wasn't a bluff as to, like, no, Naito's gonna, it was like, well, Naito's not gonna win, you're not gonna, I mean, I don't know if they're gonna get there, briefcase shot obviously jeff cobb's already been set up for that but um in in another way it's just another clever bit of gado booking because he's like he's he knows what you're thinking and so no naito is still very special at least for the one more wrestle kingdom he's got in him
2: and well yeah he is like yeah he is physically he's running on fumes he's doing his level best but he is a beat up man (laughs) in the sphere of tanahashi once again
1: yeah, I mean, I'll be very curious. I mean, we might get a Wrestle Kingdom main event that Meltzer rates below four and a quarter stars. I won't say four stars because you know it's Meltzer. <laughs> but
2: look, look, we've done this. The meat is broken.
1: Yeah, but what Naito will do with Sonada? I don't know that Sonada. Well, we know that Sonada is not an equal to Okada and Osprey. <sighs>
2: I think Okada's so much got such a plug-and-play ability about him where his chemistry sort of works with everyone. Naito... I'd be curious to see what Naito and Sonada's chemistry is. Mm. And that's no slight against either man, but...
1: They have had matches in G1s and New Japan Cups whilst members of LIJ, but... This is the first time they'll... I think this is the first time they'll do one where they're in opposite camps. Yeah. So... Who knows? Maybe they'll put out all the stops for it being a Wrestle Kingdom main event. I mean, Naito's not been in a Wrestle Kingdom main event where he hasn't worked his ass off and had a great match. But this will be his toughest test, I guess. And I'm a Sonada fan, but even I'm aware of the limitations.
2: I I like the way he presents himself now. I think that's a lot mm. better.
1: If you look like Sonada, it's not hard to present yourself well.
2: Yeah, well, dark-haired Sonada is much better than blonde Sonada. That's just my mm. opinion.
1: But again, there is still that lack of um, energy, and that, that, and that's the problem as well. Because Naito's whole thing is that he's deliberately low energy mm. in his character. Two equally low energy guys doesn't necessarily, um, and two Muto disciples as well. or well, yeah. not disciple in Naito's case, but obviously clearly inspired by him. You kind of need the mix and match, I would have thought. But well, let's
2: let's hold off. Maybe it's going to be, like, that's going to be Naito's undoing. Like, no one's bringing energy to him to counter, and maybe that's where he trips up. They could tell that story.
1: Well, if Meltzer gives it five stars, we will talk about it. But we'll cross that metaphorical bridge when we come to it. We will indeed. But what we will not be surprised to say is that Meltzer rated another match with these two gentlemen five stars... It was so obviously going to be that. They even basically said it whilst one of them was making their entrance. (laughs) Simon, we're in our neck of the woods. Hey. Nothing meant to be with the neck side of things, but where are we next and who are we talking about?
2: We're at Rev Pro's 11th anniversary show on the eve of AEW All-In Wembley. We're at the Copper Box Arena and we're watching a match between Will Ospreay, as alluded to, and also another frequent guest on the at the 5-star list, Shingo Takagi.
1: Yes, a match up that's never been rated below 5-stars. Like, 5-stars is his bottom. I think this might technically be the worst of their matches because it was only 5-stars in the eyes of Nelson.
2: <laughs> but don't let that put you off watching
1: yeah. it, listeners. But until then, Simon, people want to get in touch with you. How can they do so?
2: They can get in touch with me on Twitter where I'm signed a Simon Cross Free. Free for the number of vertebrae which were rearranged by Naito's knee.
1: My name is Lorcan Muller. That's L O R C A N M U L L. A for the A at the end of Okada. N for the N at the start of Naito. I know I did it last time, but I can't be asked. I'm showing off low energy like Naito.
2: <laughs> He's tranquilo.
1: Yeah. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, letterbox. If you're putting out gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. Get in touch with the show at lmtyspod.gmail.com. lmtyspod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. But there's nothing left to say at this point, except that my name's Lorcan Mullen. And my name's Simon Cross. Thank you for letting us tell you something. Have a five and a quarter star time. Say what? Until the next time.